Uh, Friday night, they're doing a show. Um, there's a show in Syracuse. It's um, Goose. Have you ever heard Goose? They're very heavily fish-influenced. Goose or geese? Goose. And I'm not being funny because I think I told you my my bartender was a young kid. And he said, I'm in a band called Geese. I may not be here long. I'm going to go play in the band. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And now he's touring the world oh, may- and Gre- Geese. <laughs> oh, maybe they're, maybe they're a Goose tribute band. He did tell me, he said, don't, not, don't confuse us with uh, Goose because there's a band called Goose. Okay. We're, we're geese. No, I've really, I've really like gotten turned on to Goose in like the last six months. And they're doing a show. Yeah, it's Friday night, and Trey Anastasio is going to be joining them on stage for the second half. Oh, okay. That sounds great. Yeah, I think they're out of Belgium, Goose. Well, don't confuse them with geese, because my bartender. Don't confuse them with geese. I'm sure a lot. Of, if they're now, if they're touring, a lot of people are confusing. I can see a lot of people. are confusing them. So maybe he should say yes, confuse us with goose, and then people will show up. A lot of dates gone wrong where the girlfriend wanted to see Goose and the yeah. boyfriend's like, what, what, geese, goose, whatever. We're going, Ge- geese, geese, goose, whatever. <laughs> the, tickets were, the tickets were $15. Yeah. It's the SETI BIMCO Show. Join us as we explain why kids are into that new grunge music craze. Well, what's this show again, Tim? Oh, oh, it's the Seti Bimco Show, a show about the tragedies and humor of high school, both in movies and in real life, when we get our guests on and I get things together. Did you have Or a- sometimes we talk about films or TV shows. Yes, that too. Uh, mm-hmm. It is the new year. Did, did you ever have a wonderful, amazing, fantastic new year, John? Uh, no, I... No? Well, no, my dad, you know... Who was half Irish, half Cherokee. I don't understand why he was an alcoholic. You know, half Irish, half Cherokee. Mm-hmm. Why would you be an alcoholic? Right. But he always used to say the good old alcoholic. New Year's, he used to say this about New Year's and St. Patrick's Day, that those were both holidays for the amateur drinkers. Right. And you know what? He was kind of right. People, go, people who don't normally drink go out and drink on those holidays, and it just gets so sloppy. And then you've got roadblocks. And yeah. now I, I basically... I basically, you know, watch the ball drop and literally once the ball, 1201 is like, okay, happy, happy 2023. I'm in bed. Unless we had amazing weeks, we have a lot to get to. Unless you want to talk about, yeah. you can talk about something. No. Did something amazing happen? No. All right. No, not really. I just, okay. you know, it's almost New Year's. Um, I haven't been following in a while. Um, I, as Carrie Lake conceded the Arizona governor's race, I don't think she has. Oh, that's right. Can we tell? Can we tell? Can we'll we tell it. the audience we're actually we're actually recording this in the middle of November? But I'm going to go out <laughs> on a limb here yeah. and say that Carrie Lake has not yet conceded the Arizona governor's race. Yep. And the reason why I bring this up is because there are like these two apartments that are in separate buildings, and one of the guys who lives in one of the apartments actually works where I work. He works the night crew. And there's this woman and like I've said hello to her a couple times and she like totally ignores me and she's like got different guys in these apartments. I don't know if it's like a cult. I don't think they're like some sort of cyber army or anything because they're all kind of overweight. I think they get really winded easily if they like did have to take over the world. But her car and she's, you know, she's been coming here for two years and she still has Arizona plates. Uh-huh. And I don't know why I think, and I don't know why I think this, but I want to say to her, I'm sorry, Carrie Lake lost. I don't know why I want to say that. 
you know. And then I got a, then I got a little I got a little upset with myself mostly because this one uh, Republican candidate, his name is um, oh, what is his name now? His name is uh, Joe Kent. Okay. He was the Republican nominee in uh, Washington District Three, and he uh, he was one of Trump's acolytes. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, Took out was her name uh, Jamie Herrera Butler, who was one of the ten Republicans who voted for impeachment. Uh, so he yeah. booted her out in the primary. Well, he is just you know he lost his oh he lost his election. Okay, and you know what I hated about it? He's actually kind of hot, and I was like, ooh, Joe Kent, <laughs> he's really kind of hot. So then I started well. looking up his biography, and it's like you know he's MAGA, he's right wing, he's white supremacist, oh, no. he's an election denier. I'm like, don't you hate it when the hot guy? <laughs> yeah. Is a MAGA election denying right wing <laughs> white supremacist. Oh, that just pisses me off. It's like the hot Nazi. Right, it's like right. you see like these, you know, the Nazi and you know, muscular and blonde hair. He's like a gay man's wet dream. And then you found <laughs> out he operated the gas chamber at Bergen Belson. You know, it's like, oh, I hate when that happens. It's like, I know he killed thousands of Jews, but I could get lost in those blue eyes for days. That's a deal breaker for you, huh? That is a deal breaker. <laughs> so how about you? Anything happened to you? Any restaurant staff call you? They egg me and you go for a 22-mile bike ride. You walk soul. Something <laughs> happened when you walk soul. Anything yeah. happened to you this week? Or you just wanted to get into our show? I, I, only, I can. Yeah, we got a lot to get to. I can only I didn't we do get to- a 20-mile bike ride. I, I have a tracker, a tracker for soul's collar, and it does tell me. Oh. I, didn't, I only realized this lately that every morning we go for a mile walk. I didn't realize it was oh. a mile we walk. Mm-hmm. That's all. There's well, my you must brag. be enjoying. It. You must be enjoying it, or it, if it doesn't seem like a mile, I'm assuming you're enjoying it. I do enjoy the walk. Sometimes she's a little early, and I'm not. I just need time to warm up. But I enjoy it. Right. I get what. You, yeah, I get what you're saying. And she seems to enjoy it. She looks Sweet. forward to it. Oh yeah. There's there's these big posters in the at the other end of the park on the fence where they honor people who have been uh, helpful to the neighborhood or the park. There's like three men and two women and the one woman's name is uh roberta i know that name because we walk by these big posters and soul barks at roberta only roberta she stops only roberta. i'm like come on so let's go we bark at her every day she's not gonna oh hurt my God. is her, now is roberta a living hero or yeah, a hero she's a living no hero. longer she's a living well hero. this is my concern is like one day what if soul meets the real roberta oh yeah and like goes to rip out her throat or something <laughs> it's like really i don't know this she doesn't do this to anyone else roberta <laughs> yes i don't know it's all my news i know right, you're, you're gonna say we got to get to george's letter because we got to get to george's letter this week so this is why we got to pop pop to it because george will not Fill in for me, when, you know, New York Times bestselling <laughs> author in front of the show, George O'Connor, of course, is who I'm talking about. Yes. And um, he will not fill in for me. But we do have to read this letter this week. No. We just have to. This this epic tome, this, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Anyway. You ready to get, you ready oh, yeah. to get into it? We watched, okay. we watched the pilot episode of Matthew Starr from 1983. 80, oh, 82? 82. 82. Sorry. It was 82 to 83 was the show was on. The uh, Powers of Matthew Starr. The Powers of Matthew Starr. The Powers of Matthew did I not Starr. Say powers? Have to say the, <laughs> no, you did not say Powers. And you have to say Powers because power may or may not work into the quiz later. Okay. 
the powers of Matthew Starr. So I'll give you my uh, quick synopsis. Mm-hmm. Matthew Starr and his guardian, Shep, Shepherd, came from another planet, with the name of which I forget and didn't do my research up because they're being hunted uh, by the, the, <laughs> by the demons, ahead. by the demons uh, from another planet. And uh, seems like Matthew Starr is kind of a messiah child with uh, oh he's he's in the royal family his father was a ruler yeah, he's the son of the son of, son of the king yeah so they gotta hide out on earth is what they're doing and pretend right. to be human that's it you know i didn't prepare yeah. that and here i did that off the, and off I wanna, the top and of my I wanna call, off the top and of my, i know that this is not the name of the planet but it kind of sounds like this i want to say the planet's name is Qantas, but i know that's the australian airline right. it's, it kind of sounds like Qantas. But I can't remember either. So we'll just call the planet Qantas for the rest of the episode. Maybe we'll get Qantas to to sponsor us. I was calling it the planet of the demons because I totally didn't didn't prepare for that. We'll we'll just call it Qantas. We will. Geese, goose, come on. Geese, goose. (laughs) $15 a ticket, $150. What's the difference? That's what the tickets are starting out at is 150. Like you can only get them Ooh. from scalpers now. Wow. And they're like 100 in Syracuse. I know, right? Because they they sold out like the second they went online. Like yeah. as I said, I just got turned on to this band like within the last six months. I didn't realize how big they were. Yep. Yeah. Okay, but enough you about geese okay. and goose. And- <laughs> Harv Bennett was involved with this. He's from Star Trek. He he did a lot of Star Trek work. Mm-hmm. Steven Desoto wrote it. He wrote a lot of big blockbusters, uh, a lot of big blockbusters later. Did you look at his Wikipedia? I did, uh, but I don't have my notes handy on that. That's okay. We'll get back to it. He wrote a lot of blockbusters. I read that he wrote, he's, he's made the most money like with blockbuster movies, his scripts. Oh, really? Even more than Joe Esterhaus? Remember I, Joe Esterhaus? He wrote like so. Fatal Attraction and well, more I think, than Joe Esterhaus. Uh, don't make me get his Wikipedia page open. No, I, don't. I think, you know what, I think Joe Esterhaus, like, made the most money up front. Like, I think Joe Esterhaus was the first screenwriter after Fatal Attraction where they actually paid him a million dollars up front to write the next, oh. you know, to, to write his next script. So maybe that's why I'm thinking. But, no, if, like, well, he got a good, like, a, like a cut of the director's profit, well, Steve, then, yes, you're probably right. Mr. Steven DeSouza, DeSouza, sorry, DeSouza, he wrote mm-hmm. uh, things like die hard so i think he made a lot of money oh yeah there you go i say i say it's a christmas movie but anyway go (laughs) ahead well that's it this this stars peter barton who you said you remember i don't remember him i do remember the wickedest crush on peter barton peter barton was a very handsome man yes but i was more i had more had a crush on movie as dr scott granger on the young and the restless and he was involved in a triangle with lauren fenmore and sheila carter and Sheila was obsessed with him, and Sheila got pregnant with him, but he married Lauren, and then Lauren and his baby died. And then, um, then no, 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 the baby that he had with Sheila died, and she, but Sheila took their baby and said it was hers, and there was this whole big thing. And then she had to go to L.A., and she was on The Bold and the Beautiful, and she changed her identity, and she got, she got, uh, she got involved with Eric Forrester, and then Scotty. And Lauren came to L.A., and they were on the Bolden View for a while, and then Sheila murdered Scott. And that was the end of Peter Barton on The Young and the Restless and the Bolden Beautiful. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You need to have your own spinoff podcast about soap operas. <clears throat> you know, I don't watch That's them anymore. A niche that needs to be filled, John. I don't watch them anymore. Ugh. 
There are no more New York soap operas. One Life to sure. Live got canceled in like, like what, 10 years ago? I don't and know. Like, that was the last of the New York soaps. I never really cared for the L.A. soaps, okay. except when Peter Barton was on them, obviously. Well, Peter Barton, I looked up his picture in the 80s. He seemed to be shirtless a lot, so he was kind of he a... Seem to be sure he was a little beefcake. He yes. probably would have been a bigger star if he wasn't, five, if he wasn't only just 5'9". Well, you know, there are some stars either who are short in stature that do become big stars. Well, like Tom Cruise is 4'11", you know. And you're going to say uh, he... Tom, Cru Tom Cruise is 4'11", and he's a big star. Yeah, but you're going to say he beat Tom Cruise out for the role he of... He beat Tom Cruise out for Matthew, this, allegedly. Matthew Powers. Ma Matthew, Matthew Starr. Star. Boy, I'll bet, I'll, I'll, <laughs> bet you that's, I'll bet you that's... I'll bet you that's still like... I'll bet you there's like a <laughs> lot of bitterness and anger on, on Tom Cruise's part. Like, no matter you know how many Oscars he gets nominated for, how many blockbusters he gets, I never got the Matthew Starr role. <laughs> okay, this also stars Louis Gossett Jr., as Walt Shepard, who is Matthew Starr's guardian. Mm -hmm. uh, the other people are not worth mentioning. Not being mean, I'm just no. saying I don't don't remember any other big people in this. No. Um, so well, there was General Tucker played by John Crawford, and I didn't write down the principal's name. You know what disappointed me about those two characters? Like everybody was too nice. Like I thought, like like in, in a, not to jump ahead here, but it's like you're jumping way ahead. Like I got General a lot to say Tucker, you know, I thought was like I've been looking for you forever, and I thought he'd be like this foil, you know, yeah. or like the principal would be really mean to to Shep. Well, I have a lot to say about Colonel Tucker. Mm -hmm. There was one famous person in there, though. Okay. Susan Rattan, she played Roxanne on L.A. Law. She drove the school bus. I knew I knew her face, and I couldn't figure out where yeah. I knew her from. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. We'll get into that later, too. We'll get into that. So mm -hmm. this, this starts off with uh, the military seeing UFOs, I think. The, the, the tape I watched got fuzzy there. I'm not sure who was watching under the radar, but was that was it the military? Did you notice? It looked like the military. Yeah, it was the military. And Matthew Starr? is up late eating cereal, showing us he has psychic powers by making a cup fly to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Shep, uh, Shepard, Lewis, Gonna, Lewis Gossett Jr., interrupts him. And uh, not much happens in this scene. I don't know where I'm going with this scene, except that he show, they yeah, show us. Really they, they, they show, they show really us he's going. got psychic powers, and he tells him to take the garbage out, or is that later? Anyway, no, no, that's late. That's later. It doesn't really matter. It eventually, he asks him to. Eventually, <laughs> he does ask him to take out the, let's, the trash. But what, you know, let's do this right, John. This is the beginning. They're, they're okay. showing us he's got psychic powers, and Shepard is his guardian. And Dude, if we're going to read New York Times bestselling <laughs> author jo in front of the show, George O'Connor's letters, we got like twenty minutes to knock out. Okay. The sorry ass pilot of a low budget sci fi <laughs> movie because it was not NBC yeah. and NBC had already blown all their money on Animal, Animal. Animal. Super Train, and Hello Larry. <laughs> they didn't have any money to spend yeah. on like really cool powers. The kid just kind of stares and things move or stop. Mm -hmm. You so, know, I wanted to see like fire come out of his fingertips or something. You know, that would have been a cool power. They, uh, he just uses his mind. They're obviously on the run. That's all. I'm just setting up the plot. They're on the run. They're, they're new in town. The they go mm -hmm. to school because Again. His, his guardian is going to work at the school, and he's going to be a student at the school. And they have a K car. Do you remember these cars? I do remember the K car. my family had a K car. 
Yes, for we those, Iacocca. Brought, it brought Chrysler back. For those of you listening, it was K for crappy. <laughs> no one I knew. <laughs> no one I knew likes, likes the K car. Or, or K for Chrysler. That's why the company was in so much trouble. Nobody knew how to spell Chrysler at the company until Lee Iacocca came along. I, we were driving He's down like, the street. No, he begins with his K. I was in the back seat of my family's K car, and the, the door just opened. The, the door next to oh, me wow. just opened. I was like, oh, better shut that. I don't think I even told Made my parents. America. I think they were talking. I'm like, yeah, they're not going to believe me. Why were the Japanese kicking our asses in the auto industry in the early 80s? I do not understand why. So they get to school. They have one little attempt. I'm surprised. This is 82. One little attempt at, I wonder if Lou Gossett Jr. was like, I'd like to say something racial here. Right, right. The the principal's like, budget's low, so I'm sure you can coach the track team too, right? And he's like, why? And he's like, I just thought maybe. Uh, it was on your resume? <laughs> no, I didn't put that on my resume. Well, maybe I got confused when I was getting your references. He's like, ah, oh, maybe that's what it is. I saw it on Facebook, and he's like, I'm not on Facebook. It's not invented yet. I'm not, I'm not on, on your planet. It's Facebook. <laughs> well, we are thousands of years technolo- technologically advanced of you. We never did fall for the Facebook thing. So, uh yeah, so Lewis, Goss- Lewis Gossett gets that dig in. Although he's supposed to be an alien, so maybe he doesn't even understand himself. I don't know. No, he does, he does talk about he does he does talk about later about how there are different complexions mm-hmm. on the planet, like on Earth. That's why they picked Earth because of the atmosphere and yes. people with different complected skin. So no, he does kind of address that. It was just Earth was the best place for them to Earth was the best place for them to go. And Matthew Starr likes Pamela. He, he just meets Pamela uh, because yeah. this is some sort of conflict that's ridiculous. This guy, Brian, his name was Brian, right? Brian, Brian. He shows up and he's like, you stay away from Pamela. I dated her once. Now she's all mine. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> that girl is someone else's. And then later she says, yeah, we went on a couple of dates. He is so full of himself. And the only reason why people are interested in me is because I, my family has money. Thank Does you. that bother you, Matthew? He's like, you're selling yourself short. Yeah, these kids were too perfect. These two. Yeah. He was. I think when he introduces himself as Matthew Starr, does she, she say something like, that's a pretty name? And he's like, that? well, I didn't, I didn't have much to do with it. I think she, that's what she said. That's a pretty name. He's like, I didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> but his real name is actually Ehawk. Ehawk. And Walt, Walt Shepard's is Dehai. Mm-hmm. I'm probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Ehawk, yeah. Okay. I think another kid said, Matthew Starr, are you related to Ringo? To Ringo? That's with two R's. <laughs> I only have one oh, R. That's right. He corrected them. Yeah. Because every time I tried to Google the powers of Matthew Starr, it's spelled with two R's. And then Google would come out, did you mean Matthew Starr with one R? I'm like, yes, I meant Matthew Starr with one R. Excuse me. So, no, there was. It's like the Kellys who spell their name K-E-L-L-E-Y. Yes. And I spell mine. And you know how many times? Like, I, like when I got my internet provider, I like he's what? like – What's your name? I'm like, here, let me just give you my... So I gave him my license. He had my license in front of him with the name spelled correctly. Uh-huh. I get the first bill, K-E-L-L-E-Y. Hmm. My last name is spelled K-E-L-L-Y. K-E-L-L-E-Y, I've heard they might be Methodists. 
You should have just said, listen, I'm Irish. And he'd be like, oh, so it's O'Kelly. I put an O in front of I'm you. Not, I'm not O'Kelly. a damn Methodist. I'm not a damn Methodist. <laughs> anyway, Pamela's like, are you related to Ringo? And he's like, listen, let me explain, Pamela. His real name was Richard Starkey. Yes. <laughs> She's like, they, both assume, they both assume the surname Star. Mm-hmm. Neither of them were born with the surname Star, so maybe <laughs> they were. Maybe his name was... Ehawk Starkey. Maybe that was his full name on his home planet. Ehawk Starkey. Ehawk Starkey. Oh. Yeah. I bet you that's what it was. Right. Wow. So on with the plot. They go out to eat I'm hamburgers the and they don't go to McDonald's for some reason. Yeah, they go to some, some place where they grease, They say they're going to die from eating my hamburgers. He's like, oh, I was fine with that. Because he's an alien. Because he's an alien. So uh, and, uh, Pamela likes Mr. Star, and she actually offers mm-hmm. to ride the bus with him to school, even though she doesn't have to. I thought that was very, mm-hmm. very clingy, very needy. Very I would have been, I would have yeah, been very, like, what? No, no. Yeah, if I was Matthew Star, like, oh, I got this girl flat on her back. I mean, <laughs> really, come on. You know, it's like she has a car, and she's yeah. going to have her mother drop her off so she can ride the bus. That was but totally you need to weird. do back up a little because there are two okay. aliens. They are the conquerors of Matthew Starr's home planet. Mm-hmm. Um, from the demon one planet. is Cindy Duran, and the other is Float, played by Judson Scott. What was his name? Speaking of hot, Judson Scott. No, speaking what, of hot what, Nazis. Yeah. Is he a Nazi too? Her, well, I, well, he looks like one. He looks okay. very Aryan and very attractive. Yes. But you will remember him as uh, Joachim the right-hand man to Ricardo Montalban in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That's true. I totally admit, I forgot that, and I should know that. Yep. Oh, did you did you read the story on that? Well, it says <laughs> in his filmography, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Joachim, or Joaquin, mm-hmm. and in parentheses it says uncredited, because what happened was Uh-oh. Judson Scott's agent was really pushing – the, the production company to put to give him a higher billing in the credits. And I'm like, well, now, who did he think he was going to get top yeah. billing? Do you think he was going to get top billing over Shatner? Do you think he was going to get top billing over Nimoy, Macarno. over DeForest Kelly, over Nichelle Nichols, over Walter Koenig, over yeah. George Takai? Then he had Merritt Butcher, who played David, right. and uh, whoever played David's mother, who was um, Kirk's ex-flame. Yeah. And then you had Kirstie Alley. Like, where did he think he was going to get billed higher than yeah. any of these people? So in the end, they wound up not billing him. Uh, how is that he has no, he has no, He has no credit. He has no credit. I don't know. Maybe he's in the closing credits. I don't know. But wow. he's not in the opening credits. Hmm. That's not a good agent. <laughs> That's, I would have fired him immediately. <laughs> but, yeah, speaking no. of hot Nazis, Judson Scott, he was, uh, he was quite attractive. So there they're, I think they're waiting for the bus. And here's where Brian gets really weird. Because no matter where they mm-hmm. are, Brian drives up in his Jeep out of nowhere. <laughs> says, out of nowhere. Says, Pam's my girl. What are you doing hanging out with her? He's just <laughs> yeah, total stalker. Yeah, he is. He's, he's like psycho. Future serial killer. Yeah, future. Like, had this been set in like 20 years later. But that was that, you know. that scene. That scene was unintentionally funny because they're talking. I don't know if you. I noticed this. I don't know if you noticed this. They're talking about catching the bus. In the background, you see his jeep coming towards you, 
Because I was like, mm-hmm. what? Is, is that Jeep going to run them over? What's going on? It's just coming yeah, out of the Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because it just comes out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to hit and kill them. And what? Matthew Starr is going to use that power where he just kind of stares at things. And then there's <laughs> yes. like that loud humming thing. That was a crappy power. I'm sorry. It was. That was just a crappy power. I'm telling you. Yes. The, oh. I'm sorry. The, who's the woman? There's, a, there's the alien woman who's hunting him who pretends to be a student. Her name is Cindy. Cindy, yes. And she's on the bus, and she makes the brakes of the bus go out so that everyone will die. And most importantly, Matthew Starr. Mm -hmm. She's got this little, like, it's like a weapon of some sort, or like a ray gun or something. She uses it as a weapon later. Yes. But yeah, this is like controlling the brakes. And Susan Rattan, who was Roxanne on L.A. Law, is the bus driver. (laughs) I'll tell you what, she was a pretty damn good bus driver, though. She maneuvered that bus really well. I I got to give her some credit. And then Matthew Starr uses those lame powers where he just stares mm-hmm. and the humming stars and the bus mm-hmm. stops just as it's about to get off the cliff. They run out of the back of the bus. For a while there, I thought they left the bus driver on there, but I guess she did get she off. Got off. And, and then the, 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 then the bus tumbles off the cliff again, because they spent all, because NBC, NBC spent all their money on, <laughs> Hello, Larry, Super Train and Manimal. I thought there may be an explosion. That's what I no thought. No explosion. I knew you were going to say no that. No explosion. I was like, that bus I didn't brace, blow up. I was even bracing. <laughs> I was even bracing for the explosion. That's because no it, explosion. John, that's because it was As a they spent all the money on Hello, Larry, <laughs> Manimal, and Super Train. That's, that's also because that bus was American-made. You remember in Trog, Trog turned over that British car. It blew up as soon as it hit his well, side. Like, not. Well, that's because they were using pig urine for fuel at the time in the UK. Didn't we establish that already? I think so. I think they're not. Wrote in this, and yes, that. this was a this this was a non-swine uh, fuel used in this bus. <laughs> so they're at the hospital getting checked out, and Matthew Starr's uh, guardian shepherd comes in and gets him out of there. He's like. You didn't get. You didn't let that nurse get a look at you, did you? <laughs> He's like, nope. And, and what was, did you think? I was like, I was like, what does he have instead of a penis? Like that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Like, what does he have that would like tip him off? But we find out later. Anyway, maybe he just had two belly buttons, like George went and cheers. I, exactly. Maybe you know. I still I was got, like, I still got I, these I, cheers just, the things that the things that went through my mind, like does he have three nipples? You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm disturbed. You're thinking the same things I'm thinking. Yeah, I th- but I really thought there was something down there in the crotch area that wasn't a penis. That's that was my yeah, first, yeah. like like you know, an octopus tentacles or something. Right. I don't know. Right, that's what I thought. You know. Oh, another thing about Brian, so we can hate him more. I think he said this before, but he's like, he's like, we're concerned because Matthew Starr is living with a. He's living with a black man. You notice that guy's black? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Matthew Starr goes, he is. <laughs> Mary Belt is kind of like, ah, whatever, Brian. Yeah. It's California, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Got to move to Arizona if you want to make uh That's make right. Move to Maricopa <laughs> County. Hook up with Sheriff Joe Arpaio, Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, <laughs> and uh, what was what was the guy running for Secretary oh, of State? You know these uh, names. Anyway. Yeah. And the military um, man, man, Colonel Tucker, he shows up 
around now at school. No, General Tucker, Major General was Tucker, two-star General I Tucker. Was he was Colonel. a general, yes. I thought it said Colonel. No, it said Major General oh. and his initials, well, I got, Tucker. I got a lot to say about him. We'll get to it. But he's he's like, so, well, go ahead. Let's, let's start. Let's start talking. No, no, dude. We've only got we've only got we got to get George O'Connor, New York Times bestselling author, in front of the show. George O'Connor's letter, no, we got, and we only got like eleven minutes to get this done. Oh, come on. We got to do the quiz. We got We got a lot of stuff to do, man. We can't be lingering over too many things. All right, let's move ahead well, to the fact that Cindy, the robot, they figure out someone's here trying to what what. Something else first. Well, you gave away that she was a robot. Oh, see that way. You, you jumped to the. You, jumped, did you, you have a. Punch, so they. Did I step on a punchline? No, 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 no. Just no. You just kind of jumped in because then they get into the science class uh-huh. and the, the, he has this thing. I had never seen anything like that before. It looks like a bar, and they grab it from both ends, and it tells their heart rate. Okay. And the reason why it Family wasn't that show. he had like octopus tentacles for a penis is that Matthew Starr's heart rate is like twelve beats per minute. Right. So he's like, if she doesn't allow us to take her pulse and we mm-hmm. assume that she's one of us and she's out to get us. Yes. Well, then there, then she <laughs> runs out of the room and he hands, he, yeah. he, he hands the, um, he hands the, 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 the thing to get yeah, <laughs> Pam and says, Miss Elliot, you're taking over the class now. I was like, I never had a teacher do that to me in high school. No. And uh, they, so they're in pursuit. They get to the pool. They are. Uh, she's she's now using the the her electrical the, gun uh, device. the little gadget that just, that disabled the bus's brakes. Now she's using it as like a laser gun. Mm-hmm. Matthew start again using the lame powers where he stares and there's humming. It goes out of her hand, it goes into the pool, and then she falls into the pool, and all of a sudden, zzzz. Yep. Now, what I thought was that the, there was it had something to do with the gun, like, and she right. fell into the pool like a toaster falling into a bathtub, yep. you know what I mean? Yep, yep. Or a hairdryer. You know, I thought that's why she, but it turns out, as you've already revealed, that she was a robot. She was a robot. Even though they're, they're, what, thousands of years in advance of our civilization, robots still short circuit when they fall in the water. Fallen water. You think they would have figured that one out? And they never tried. I, I kind of wonder what happened after that. These two guys chase Cindy out of a classroom, and we never mm-hmm. see Cindy. The class, from their point of view, right. they never see Cindy again. Right. <laughs> Nobody ever questioned yeah. that. What did you do to Cindy? Nobody ever questioned. What did you do to Cindy? You were chasing her. We never saw her again. Did she have a contact number? Well, wait a second. No, there was no contact number. Did, he, did Cindy's parents come down to sign her up? Well, no, there were no parents who came down to sign her up. So, in fact, she wasn't signed up for classes. She just showed up the first day and said, I'm a new student. And we said, okay. Nobody yeah. followed up. No, no one did. This is what's wrong with the American education system, Tim. So, let's see. Um Military, military guy, he talks to him again. Again, he's very mm-hmm. nice. He's like, just tell me your secrets, and I'll tell you my secrets. Yeah, I wanted him to be meaner. Like, you know, like, so they're, ch- they're like, running away from these aliens that have conquered their planet. Yes. And then they're, like, run, trying to run away from the general, the Air Force general. I think colonel. You know what I mean? Like, there would have been, like, a dual, like, dual tension. Yeah. Or, like, I thought the high school principal had been, like, a real asshole or something, you know. Well, he was. Shepard. There is no tension in the well, show. There is no tension except for so Matthew, the lame ass, I, yeah, hot Nazi who played, <laughs> and his name was Float. Float. What Float. kind of name is that? 
Float and Cindy. What kind of alien names are those? Float and Cindy. Come on. You could That's come up with anything better. Float. Yeah. I think, well, if he was Irish, it might have been O'Float. O'Float. <laughs> Anyways, maybe he should. I, maybe he should have fallen into the same pool. You could have seen whether float could float or not float. Oh. Anyway. Anyway. Matthew Starr makes takes the garbage out by making it float, and he develops a relationship with the dog next door for reasons we don't understand. The dog loves him. Sam. Yes. It's just that we never see. I don't. Is this a subplot that was going to come to fruition in season two? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Nobody cares. Anyway. But half care. these characters, if I'm reading, if I'm reading, because I never watched it. I remember seeing the ads for it, but I never, mm-hmm. I don't, I never watched the show. Well, it seems to me as though, like, a lot of these characters didn't make it past the first five episodes. Like, they totally oh. revamped the second ah. half of the season. And, like, Angela Lansbury's brother became the executive producer. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it totally changed. Well, I was. They even stopped. I was always even happy. stopped or, calling him Shep. They stopped calling him Shep. Yeah, he's calling him something else in the second, and there's no high school plot. All the high school friends are gone. They call him Curly. Curly, there you go. <laughs> Mo. Mo. Uh, I remember being on because I wanted there to be some good science fiction on, and I think I vaguely remember seeing half of this, and I was like, yeah, well, this this is not good science fiction. This yeah, is not lame power. Lame, lame power. First of all, it wasn't the powers of Matthew Starr. It was the power. He could read, it was one power. He could read minds. It was one power, John, and read. it was a lame power. Well, he could read minds, John. Mm. Okay, I'll give you that. But it was all like tell. It was tell. What I'm saying is, it was like telekinesis. It was like one broad power with different little sub variants. So the aliens they capture Lou Gossett Jr. Tie him up, mm-hmm. and Matthew starts coming home from a date with Pam. And of course, Brian pulls up. He's following them the whole date. I guess he pulls up in his uh, mm-hmm. Jeep. In his Jeep, uh, and Matthew gets a uh, phone call from Float, right? To come, uh-huh. to come, or else I'm going to kill Lucasit Junior. And, and uh, if you hook up with him, to, to, if you can't hook up with him with your powers, you know I I've killed him. That's right. He uses telepathy to mm-hmm. find him. And he mm-hmm. confronts Brian because Brian's like, that's my girl that I dated once. You stay away from her. And yeah. the, the dog and he six, helps him. It's not even his yeah. dog. And, and Sam and Sam corners Brian. And then Matthew steals Brian's Jeep. <sighs> yes. Grand yes. Theft Auto, if you to ask I me. Know. Brian could really get him on that. I'm sure Brian really could get him on. If that, well, if that dog ever let him up. <laughs> I think what happened was I think Brian got his throat ripped out. And I don't know. I didn't see if that actor was in any wow. more episodes. Or Brian that. killed the dog because he's he's a, free, he's a future serial killer. That might have been his first victim. He is. Yeah, he would have been very scary in the days of, like, active shooter drills. Yep. Just saying. Yes, he would have been. You know, he would have been that guy. So Float and Matthew have a fight in a, in a junkyard, luckily enough. So mm-hmm. junky cars to throw around, just like in Superman 3. Sure. Yeah, do you remember Superman three when Superman? I do remember Superman three split in two, and that was one with Richard Pryor, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yes, not the best one. Mm-hmm. No, as a matter of fact, I'd say probably the worst one. But anyway, oh, go no. now Superman. Superman four, four, the quest for the quest for peace. That was pretty bad too, because that was just like so intentionally like Reagan era. 
patriotic. It was just stupid. Yes, you are right. Superman for well, the quest for peace. You know what happened with number really four, right? That was Canon Films got their hands on the rights. Yeah, yeah. You know the whole story? Okay, we won't go into that here. I don't know the whole story. I know bits and pieces. I know enough. No budget. I know Canon enough. Canon Films, no budget. Yeah. It was filmed in yeah. Toronto. <laughs> oh, my. Well, there you go right there. <laughs> Or how can you make an all American? How can you make an all American film in Toronto? I mean, or Vancou- come on. Maybe you Vancouver. I'll bet, you, I'll bet you that wasn't the real Statue of Liberty they were throwing around no, either. I don't think so. I bet you it was a fake Statue of Liberty. But we're not talking about Superman for the Quest of Peace. We're talking about the pilot. Damn point for the power. I say power of Matthew Starr, not the powers of Matthew Starr, the power of Matthew Starr, because we've got to get to the letter from New York Times bestselling author in front of the show. We're going to do it. Uh-huh. Okay. So he meets with the military man at the end of this, uh, somewhere near the end. And again, s- trusts him for some oh. reason, well, tells well, him his well, whole but, story. But, but in the end, Flo gets crushed by the car, oh. right? Is that, the, is that what we're thinking? Yeah. Yes. Was he a real being or a, a robot? We don't know. No, I think he was. I think he was the real deal. Okay, they murdered him. I think he was. Oh, because I was ready for like a hand to come up. You know what I mean? Yes, like yes. he was still alive. And then I checked like the other episodes, but that was the only. That was the only episode that Hot Nazi Judson Scott ever appeared in, so I guess they never pursued. Well, I like, think he had his own show called The Phoenix. Was that him? Or I think it was a pilot, though. Isn't oh, that the only thing pilot. that ever aired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He thought, like, he <laughs> thought he was going to get billed over into Shell Nichols and Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. He thought <laughs> it was going to be a series. He's like, oh no, I am not doing any more episodes of the Power of Matthew Stark. Not the powers, <laughs> the Power of Matthew Stark. Because I'm going to be doing this fantastic show, yes. Phoenix, and it's go, going to go on for seasons and seasons, and they'll probably make movies. And yeah, yes. never got past and the toilets. And then, then one day I'm going to get top billing over in the Shell Nichols and start in a Star oh, Trek movie. <laughs> so, but they meet with Colonel Tucker and reveal their secrets to each other. And Colonel Tucker must have watched um, what we watched at, over the holidays Santa Claus versus the Martians, because he's like, you guys eat pills for dinner right yes <laughs> just like they eat the martians eat pills in. well we are a thousand years technology <laughs> technologically advanced from you but we still enjoy the better things in life <laughs> is that what he said we still I have forget. humanity or something like that yeah something like that oh boy in other words we're not we're not total robots like the one we threw into the pool at the high school <laughs> so they decide to stay there because Matthew wants to stay and not run anymore, thus establishing a TV series, which I never watched any more of. You 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 read more of it about it than I did. Yeah, yeah. Like <clears> apparently, Luke, like does Luke Gossett stay on the show? Yeah, he stays on the show. He stays on for twenty two episodes. Wow. Yeah, basically, what happens is the show lasts for one season. Lewis Gossett Jr. goes on to do an officer and a gentleman, mm-hmm. and wins an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Um, Peter Barton goes on to have his skull crushed by Jason Voorhees That's in right. a shower mm-hmm. in um, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter, which it wasn't. But anyway, <laughs> I read his little his little blurb. He thought this would be cool. I'll be in the final one. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yes, I yes, and yeah, yeah. I'll be yeah, yeah. I did see that. Like <laughs> I, I, I will be in the final one. I'll be part of history. Is like nope. There were about seventeen more. I'm exaggerating, of course. I'm being I'm being hyperbolic. There, it was more than it was. It was it was less than seventy, but not too much less. All right. And you know, yes, I talk about like um, I talk about having a crush on Peter Barton, but apparently, 
I did not have a big of a crush on Peter Barton, as did one Illinois man named Ray Falk, who died in 2012 at the age of 71. Falk, who had no family of his own, was a fan of Peter Barton and Barton's friend, Lucan star Kevin Brophy. Despite never having met either actor, Falk bequeathed half of his $1.3 million estate to each of the actors. I saw that. <laughs> what, you think there's something going on there? No, they oh, he never. Okay. They never. They never met. You know, I'm gonna say. I, think I thought I had a. Cr- I thought I had a crush on. Even if I had 1.3 million dollars, I'm not leaving it to Peter. Bar- I'm not leaving it to Peter Barton. I'm not gonna do it. I wouldn't even leave it to hot Nazi Judson Scott. I am not leaving. Do we know Peter Barton's uh, sexuality at all? I, I don't know. Uh, personal life, nothing about anything. He did wrestle. Oh, he's gay. He did wrestle and played <laughs> soccer at Nassau Community College. Um. I don't know. Wrestling can get kind of homoerotic, <laughs> can it? I don't know. I just said. No, no. I just n- said. Never married. He's, he's wrestling. He's never great. married. Never, never married. Yeah, there you go. Say that at our <laughs> high school. Um, uh, yeah, never. No, nothing about married ever being involved with anybody. Just wondering. I don't know. Well, Not yeah. Well, you let's know. let's move on to quiz time. I'll call it the Bib Cook. Uh, Seti Q and A. Bring in quiz Theme song. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it Seti Q and A. Bring to us the Bib Cook. I love quizzes. The Bib Cook. Theme song. So you had a use. You you, you uh, were doing a thing where you switch up the first question every week. I did. Your agent. Yeah, your agent a... gave me a call. So I can't get billing over to Shell Nichols, but so what was your question? I do have. Power. Instead of my question was simply, seeing as we were talking about the power, mm-hmm. or if you use the plural, the power of Matthew Starr, <laughs> what power do you wish you would have had in high school? Yes. So what power? So you're talking about high school. Yes. What power would you have had in high school? So I've thought about this because you 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 hinted at it, and I thought I have to be. So you have to be really honest and think, what would have I have thought in high school compared to what adult me would right. would think? I, this right, way, right. Because in high school, you're totally like your sense of right and wrong and what, what you should do yeah, is totally, you, totally. Um, your priorities are different. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, but I think, <coughs> so I'm going to go with the boring thing. I think when you're young, you're like, gee, I wish I could fly. I'll, yeah. just, be, I'll just be honest about that. Even though I yeah. thought of funny wow. things like time travel so i could make sure i didn't wear a hulk t-shirt to my hulk pajamas that would have been a good one but flying i think i was was thinking that's the like what would that be like yeah yeah why did you have one that That was like purposeful well i was i was i just saw invisibility because i was always late for class Uh and see that way i could just like become invisible sneak into the class and I could, I could even wait until the last five minutes of class, get into my seat, and then suddenly, poof, just appear out of thin air. Gotcha. And then, like, have a teacher go, I have you marked as absent. Where have you been? And I'm like, I've been here the whole time. What, do you think I just <laughs> appeared out of thin air? Yes, that's right. That would be a great <laughs> power to have. Except I remember you in high school. You'd be sneaking in invisible and you'd just be farting. I did, did I? I, did, I, I was not a gas. I was not a gas passer in high school. You must have me confused with someone else. People be like, "What's going on?" I kept my gas to myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, I think you're thinking. I know who you're thinking of. I know who you're thinking of. 
I have no clue who you're thinking of, but I actually, no, I can think of about six. I can think about six, do, I, about half a dozen people who. In, in, invisibility would be, would be good. Of. But anyway, invisibility would be great. Yes. But you also changed the first question that we usually have. Right. Well, it's a question you came up with. You, you had an entire list of questions, and yours was who would be. But you picked... from this movie would be the motivational speaker. Okay. And it would be the principal, whose name I can't remember now because I didn't write it in the notes, who would go across the country talking about his latent racism <laughs> and how he That's motivation. changed his ways. Yeah, he changed his ways. You shouldn't be racist. You shouldn't automatically assume that a black teacher is going to be your head track coach. Right. That would be his message. Okay. He had a good message. And then he'd, then he'd sing, then he'd sing a, a whole chorus of Kumbaya to close out the program. Well, that's nice. Isn't okay. that nice? I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. So No, that's it. Who, who is most likely to be a motivational speaker from this movie? I say Brian, the creepy guy who showed up in his Jeep every place Pam was. Uh, oh, wow. So after high school, believe it or not, he became an Amway salesman. And for our younger <laughs> listeners, Amway was basically a pyramid scheme. It's like they give you a product, like, here, sell this right. to your friends, have them sell it, right. have them sell it. Uh, right. It's cleaning products. Yeah. So he became a salesperson, yeah. and he often outsold all his fellow Amway salespeople, and he went to all the Amway conventions as a main, as the main motivational speaker. He basically stole yeah. Gallagher's act and would smash melons with a mallet on stage and tell other salespeople to do this to any salesman that got in their way. He would also say, if you see anyone talking to a former girlfriend, you also drive up in your Jeep and smash their heads like a melon. And at the end of his talk, he would tear a phone book in half with his huge muscles and uh, keep the pages with his ex-wife's new phone number on him. Because later, once he's back at the hotel, he'd have he'd drink a six pack of beer and call her up on the phone and harass her. Uh His motivational speech was called, watch out, I have a black belt. (laughs) Even though, even though, even though it was, um, even though it was Bob who had the black belt. But anyway, oh, don't tell the listeners who had the black belt. Bob, Bob that was helping him out. He was the the nice guy. He was helping him out. He's like he threatened Brian with the black belt. That's right. Of course, we don't know if Bob really had a black belt. No, but Brian's the kind of person that would just Matthew asked. Yeah, because Matthew asked Pam, does he really have a black belt? I mean, she doesn't really answer that question. No. She's like, right, and I'm from another planet. She's like, right, and Richard Starkey was in the Beatles. Yes. Uh, okay, let's get through these. Who from this movie would most likely have a podcast? I'm going to say Cindy the Robot. Wow, I said that and too. Her pod- let's hear yours. Oh, really? Oh, because see, no, it'd be about, it'd be about <laughs> being a robot and having men treat you like a robot and you have to obey all of their orders because you're a robot. And what she didn't realize is, is that many women around the world feel like their men treat them like robots. And she got this wide, you know, wide listenership. Yeah. I mean, she was like world, uh, world, I mean, just huge. Mm-hmm. Like she was like the Oprah of podcasts for, you know, mm-hmm. and she got like a, she got like a three book deal. Yep. That would be, that would be my idea but, for but Did she, she had to repair herself first because she fell in the pool. Well, they said she, she was going to self-destruct, but you know what? They are, they are a thousand years technologically, <laughs> technologically advanced from us. So she probably could repair herself. Too. I just wonder if she still had a voice that was like damaged, you know, like that voice box that people have after they have the cancer from right, the right, cigarettes. Cancer, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't think so. She just had no. She 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 rebuilt herself okay. totally, and I'm not going to do that. You know, voice of course, at that, at that at that point, float was we believe crushed under a car in a <laughs> junkyard, and she's like, "Well, what do I do now? I guess I'll start a podcast." What's it called? Women. Uh, not- women are women are women. I I am not your robot. Okay. I am not your robot. And that was like, that was like the, and women were taking you to the streets. I am not your robot. Good one. It was like the women's <laughs> march. Remember after Trump took office, it was like, I am not your robot. Right. There you go. Well, I said Cindy the robot too. Mm. But I was very concerned with her, her death. I think that Shep, because I don't know what happened to her. I, I think Shep tossed her down an elevator shaft and left the Cindy robot for dead. But... Couldn't leave, could, couldn't leave the elevator out of no, the kitchen tent. She, she was found by a student from Hollywood High, and he tinkered with her and brought her back to life. She was back. Tinkered, tinkered, tinkered with her? This is, he tinkered with her. Ah, is that what we're calling it now? Okay. So now, so now this is getting into like the weird science. No, no. Kind of. Okay. She was badly damaged, but was obsessed with elevators because she'd been tossed down one. She forgot all about her programming to find Matthew Starr. And being from an advanced civilization, she started a podcast about elevators. But as this was the year 1983, nobody had a way to listen to podcasts, and her venture was a bust. After graduation, she headed to L.A. and sadly ended up in the porn industry. But that didn't work out either, as people in the 80s were into breakdance porn and not robot porn. Uh, I do remember so, I do remember the breakdance porn. I remember when that was hot. And she I went on... I remember getting those Betamax tapes. I do. <laughs> With the lessons. Yes. But she went on to, to, she went on to be your story. She's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to do what men tell me. I'm not your robot. I'm not your robot. How do you like that? Our stories like uh, mesh together. Great minds, Tim. Great minds. This is a novel in the making. All right. We'll get to who would have a spinoff TV show so we can get to this letter. Do you have a TV show spinoff of any of these characters? I do have a TV show spinoff. It's real. I'll do it real quick. Okay. Brian would have Brian would have the TV spinoff. Would be he would be chasing Matthew Starr from city <laughs> to city because Brian and Shep had to get back and run away, and he's chasing Matthew Starr in his jeep, but he always <laughs> gets there right after Matthew leaves town. You never see Matthew in the spinoff because he's always one step ahead of Brian. And every episode ends the same where Brian gets out of his Jeep, goes in the backyard, and Matthew Starr is training the neighbor's dog to trap him in the backyard. (laughs) Every episode ends the same. Is it him? He's just about to say, get away from that. And then the dog uh, attacks him. Such a sweet dog up to that point, too. I wonder if Matthew Starr was using his – maybe he was using his telekinesis on, the, on has, the dog. Maybe he has, he has more than one power, John. He's got a power. <laughs> As soon, well, you know, when, things start, when things start busting into flames, then I'll start calling it the powers yes. of Matthew Starr. But then I'll just watch. that lame – no, then I'm not. No, I'm not. We should have been writing for this show. Of course, they couldn't afford us because they spent all the money on Hello Larry, Super Train, and Manimal. Well, my spinoff show. So we want to get to George's letter finally. No, I got my spinoff show, John. You trying to shut oh, me down? You the spinoff show. Oh, no, I thought you you said we weren't going to do the spinoff show, and I was like, well, I kind of like to do the spinoff show. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah, do it. Said we weren't doing CEO of an elevator. Anyway, 
No, no, no. My spinoff, I called him Colonel Tucker. I swear it said Colonel on his briefcase, but you say, no, ge- you say General. I say General. So he obviously is not with the military. He's just this nice guy. He has a crappy car. He lives in the hotel, and, and he's super nice to them. He, he's one of those, uh, you know, those guys who pretend to have been in the military. They, they just pretend to be a veteran so they can get attention. I think that's the Colonel's right. story, Tucker's story. That's, that's yeah. what he is. And mm-hmm. once he hangs around with Matthew and Shep for a while, they figure out that he's a fake. They get him drunk and put, on a, mm-hmm. put him on a bus to Minnesota where he mm-hmm. continues to pretend to be a veteran and gets a job with mm-hmm. a young Roger Stone. Colonel, Colonel, ah. Colonel Tucker is, in fact, the one who tattoos Nixon on Roger Stone's back. And Tucker oh, okay. and Roger, they go on road trips looking for right-wing candidates who, who grab pussy and have cool catchphrases like Big League or something. Build the wall. Build the wall. <laughs> and, and then uh, in the final episode he leaves half of his 1.3 million dollar estate to matthew stark well not quite not quite oh, okay this the spin-off show is called tucker and the stone man but in the final episode <laughs> tucker dies because he wasn't really a veteran and had no idea how to safely clean roger stone's authentic nazi luger pistol there you go wow what a twist what is this? There, we got that Does that make it a syndication? <laughs> no, no, no. It's got taken off the air. Yeah, much like Brian's show did. Because it's like, <laughs> can we have another ending? Can we? Can we have it? Can we once have an ending without a dog cornering him in a backyard? <laughs> no, we don't have any other ideas. So that's that was the powers of Matthew Starr. That was. Mm-hmm. So it's we. I checked out to see if we have some letters, John. And George O'Connor wrote us a letter five months ago, mm-hmm. and I got to preface this letter by saying that one one week we were talking about He Man, and I said I know nothing about He Man. Does he live in He Man Land? And I don't know anything about Skeletor. Does he ride a Skeletrain? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. George O'Connor, friend of the show, New York, New York Times bestseller, uh, sometimes guest host. He wrote us a letter about that, and I, I'm going to about try. the uh, about the length of the epic the epic <laughs> poem Beowulf. Let's see. Hi, John and Tim. I was delighted to hear you mention He Man on the latest episode of Seti Bimco. However, I want to write you both to correct some misconceptions you seem to have, and perhaps stave off a deluge of irate emails from miffed. He-Man fans and She-Ravers. Oh, He-Fans. Mm-hmm. It's called He-Fans and She-Ravers. I think I think George made that up. Right. And exactly how many of these angry emails did we get? <laughs> many. No. Many. Oh, we, oh, we, None. Oh, oh, is that? That's right. We got to be nice to New York Times bestselling <laughs> author and friends of George O'Connor in case I need to build the end. We were inundated with angry emails. He continues. He-Man does not, in fact, live in He-Man land. He lives on Eternia, the planet at the center of the universe where science and magic are one. He specifically lives in in his secret identity of Prince Adam in the royal palace of the the continent of Eternos. Skeletor also lives on Eternia, not Skeletrain, not 
Well, I thought he rode in a skeleton train. I didn't think he lived in a skeleton train. He, he, he and his minions reside in Snake Mountain on the Dark Hemisphere. Depending on the source, he's either secretly Adam's uncle and thus a native Eternian or a demon from a neighboring dimension of Despondos. I think that's the planet that, that Float was from, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he, wasn't from, he wasn't from Qantas. Even though we know that's not the name of the planet. Well, John goes on to say that She-Ra is He-Man's twin sister. See, I didn't know that. George goes on. George goes on to say. John has nothing to do with this letter. George goes on to say. His twin sister is a native of Eternia, but was abducted as an infant by Hordak, despotic ruler of the intergalactic evil Horde. Hordak Mm -hmm. raised Adorna, She-Ra's real name, as lieutenant in his evil empire, on the planet Etheria, in a neighboring dimension mm-hmm. to Eternia. She does not live in a rainbow Shira ice cream franchise or whatever it was you guys said. You said that, John. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, okay. So I was the only one giving out misinformation <laughs> on this. Apparently, he had no problem with He-Man Land and the Skeletrain, but he has a big problem with yeah. She-Ra. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this whole twin separated birth thing. Hmm, wonder where they got that from. Yeah. I don't know. You know, this whole twin separated birth <laughs> kind of sounds like, oh, I don't know. Sounds like some other. You know, spoiler alert at the end of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you know, no, is it a spoiler alert after like almost no. 40 years? I think there should be a statute of limitation. No, I had somebody like five or six years ago get seriously mad at me because I told them Darth Vader's revelation at Ooh. the end of Empire Strikes no, Back. And they're like, you've ruined it for me. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And no, they were not kidding me. They were serious. Was that your neighbor? I shouldn't make jokes. Oh, I don't know. Some drunk down at the Fargo. I don't know. Some <laughs> drunk at the Fargo. I, was I hope you didn't tell him that one of those little Ewoks died. Ruin that for him. Oh, I, that, that, that was the most exciting <laughs> thing about. <laughs> A few of those Ewoks died. I know. Poor little Ewoks. <laughs> okay. The language of Eternia. And Etheria is not He-Man language, but it's apparently English. In the 1988 Masters Masters of the Universe live-action movie, Dolph He-Man Lugren crosses over from Eternia to come to Earth, where he hangs out and speaks English with Earthling Courtney Cox. I didn't know she was in that. This can be explained by the fact Why does Jesus hate you? (laughs) Really, why does Jesus hate me? What have I done wrong? I'm a good person. We're really going to listen to this whole... Okay, go ahead. Okay, wait, wait. Fun fact. George goes on. Fun fact. While He-Man can speak... Oh, fun fact. Well, I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the the judge of whether or not it's a fun fact or not. New York Times bestselling author in front of the show, George O'Connor. While He-Man can speak English, at the time of the filming, Dolph Lundgren could not. He was fed his lines phonetically, like Abba. There you go, John. <laughs> oh, thanks. He's stabbing you right in the heart. He's just stabbing, just stabbing me. Even though, even though people think it's just a cold, empty cavity where a heart should be. No, I actually do have a heart. I'm gonna. He says, "I remain your friend." New York Times bestselling author and recently christened language expert George O'Connor. Because we said that once. P.S. John, mm-hmm. hate to correct you once again, but the. Cantonone's oh oh word for fork is not pronounced ta, but is in fact pronounced spoon with, with a line above the O's. Is that spoon? Spoon. So, okay. So when I go into a Cantonese restaurant, when I ask for a fork, I'm supposed to ask for a spoon. And then when they give me a spoon, I'm going to go, no, I want a spoon. 
And they spoon. give me another spoon. It's like, no, I said spoon. <laughs> I think he's setting me up. I think so. Because <laughs> he'll write in next week and say, I was wrong. It's pronounced knife. So <laughs> next time you'll knife. go in and be like, I want, I want knife. And she'll bring you a knife. I and knife. Like, no. I? no, I want a knife. <laughs> I want a fork. <sighs> Just bring me one of those spoons that's, that's part spoon and part fork. You know, I kid, I kid New York Times bestselling author and friend of the show, George O'Connor. I, I really, I, I, he is actually, he is actually one of my favorite people. I, I, I kid when I make fun of his, well, although I'm going to guess, and you know, they've made, they've made marijuana legal here in New York, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm guessing George took a, took a substance that is still illegal in New York when he was writing that letter. <laughs> I don't know. I love you to death. I love you to death. New York Times bestselling author in front of the show, George O'Connor. We got through it. And right? I have no proof. I have no proof, um, you know, but my suspicions are still a substance illegal in the state of New York. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what he does? Who knows? Who knows? So, so you're going to go on a little sabbatical. Is that true? Is this yeah, next just week? a little one. Okay. George, George, yeah, George yeah. will be actually coming here and doing a little fill-in. Oh, that's and lovely. Thank you, George, for doing that for me. It's just, um, will miss you. just a very crazy time of the year with my day job and nothing serious. You know, still love doing the podcast. Although, Don't worry. Make it sound more I think I may have asked for, I think I may have asked for too much money for next season. And I think our producer Miss Lee is trying to muscle me out because yes. she can probably get New York Times bestselling author in front of the show, George O'Connor, for much less than she's paying me. <laughs> Don't be saying these things out loud. We're gonna, you're gonna okay. edit. You're gonna edit that out, right? <laughs> well, we gotta go, so we're, we're way over time. Email us. Yes. Email us at setibimco with the e at gmail.com and you can go like us on the, the Apple podcast. Anywhere you hear podcasts, YouTube, uh, everywhere. S E D D Y B I M C O. I'm still working on the jingle. Okay. I think we got to spell it, Tim. I think that's why people aren't, we aren't bringing, because people don't know how to spell SETI. S E D D Y B I M C O. I'm working on it. I'm working, working. on it. Maybe, yeah. maybe in the next season I will. So have that follow ready. us on instagram seti underscore bimco and i don't know if twitter twitter will exist at the time we are we even this. mentioning are we they're, even they're, they're are we even fun. mentioning it anymore it's imploding uh yeah oh and by the way thanks for encouraging me to get on twitter for this <laughs> podcast come on you gotta switch to myspace now oh yeah it's gonna come back huh I wonder if i still have my myspace page i must all right well, happy New Year, everybody! All right, everybody. Tim, you have a great week. Happy New Year to John, happy and you'll be—you'll be back. I'll be back. Be here next week for George O'Connor, and I think we're going to New York Times bestselling author in front of the show, George O'Connor. Yes. All right. Bye. Okay. Go so on. Bye, Tim. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly, produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line. Whew. Okay. Yes. And I know the time says 105, but we, we blathered for like 10 minutes at the we start. We did. I'll, I'll edit you it call down. It blathering. You call it <laughs> blathering. I call it comedy gold. But we'll just agree to disagree on that. <laughs>